Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Minds Over Money. I'm your host, Cameron Brady, and on this week's episode, I'm covering three headlines from last week that directly impact the economy, as well as having potential implications on your own investment portfolios. And those headlines are Solar Winds Hackers Continue Attacks, Natural Gas Sticker Shock, and Retreat from Globalization. In addition to the three headlines, I'm also covering another financial planning topic, and this week, it's Running Your Own Race, How Focusing on Your Own Financial Goals and Dreams Can Help Lead to Success. This week's first headline is The Solar Winds Hackers Continue Their Attacks. The Russian-linked hackers behind last year's compromise of a wide swath of the U.S. government and scores of private companies, including SolarWinds, have stepped up their attacks in recent months, breaking into technology companies in an effort to steal sensitive information. In a campaign that dates back to May of this year, the hackers have targeted more than 140 technology companies, including those that manage or resell cloud computing services. The attack, which was successful with as many as 14 of these technology companies, involved unsophisticated techniques like phishing or simply guessing user passwords in hopes of gaining access to systems. Security experts say last year's SolarWinds incident was concerning because it showed how a compromise at one widely used link in the technology supply chain could be made into a jumping off point for further attacks. After government officials attributed it to Russia's foreign intelligence service, the Biden administration in April pushed Moscow for the attack and other alleged malicious cyber activity with financial sanctions and diplomatic expulsions. That doesn't appear to have deterred the hackers. Microsoft says it observed the group linked to the SolarWinds attack targeting 609 companies 22,868 times between July 1st and October 19th of this year. That is more attempts than Microsoft observed from all government-linked hackers in the previous three years. The intrusion at SolarWinds, which went undiscovered for more than a year, was part of a hacking campaign that gave intruders footholds in at least nine federal agencies and 100 private companies. Microsoft itself and the cybersecurity company FireEye were compromised during the incident. But not all of the break-ins involve SolarWinds software. Government officials say 30% of the victims didn't even use SolarWinds products. The latest disclosure of Russia's alleged activities comes as the Biden administration has sought to curtail Moscow's cyber aggression through a variety of means including continuing bilateral meetings intended to address a glut of ransomware attacks from Russian cyber criminal gangs on critical American infrastructure and businesses. Officials have offered mixed views on whether Moscow has cracked down on those criminal groups in response to U.S. pressure. SolarWinds, which is a seller of network management software, remains unsure of how it was first breached, but company executives and investigators have said that the initial point of entry could have been the same type of unsophisticated techniques that Microsoft has observed in this more recent activity. Supply chain cybersecurity has drawn unprecedented interest in Washington over the past several months, in part due to the devastating and wide-ranging impact of the SolarWinds compromise. Last week, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a Bill 412-2 that would require the Department of Homeland Security to issue guidance to federal contractors asking them to submit details of software in their own supply chains, including origins of technology, to Department of Homeland Security for potential review. The congressional action follows an executive order signed by President Biden in May, also shaped in part by the SolarWinds breach that created baseline cybersecurity standards for U.S. agencies and their software contractors, including mandates to use multi-factor authentication and data encryption. 
While I guess it's not surprising that these cyber attacks have continued, it does provide another reason why it is so important to keep your online activity and sensitive personal information like usernames and passwords safe. Remember to change your passwords often, especially if a site you use has been recently compromised. Be sure to check your credit report annually and always be skeptical of suspicious emails. If a link looks fishy to you, don't click on it as it's most likely a phishing attempt to capture your sensitive data. This week's second headline is natural gas sticker shock. In a continuing trend from episode 27, expensive natural gas is having all sorts of cascading effects, some of which may only show up next year. High natural gas prices today mean your electricity and heating bills will likely be expensive this winter. Next year, it could mean you will end up paying more to eat and to fill up your car. In Europe, where natural gas is almost six times as expensive as it was a year earlier, fertilizer companies, including Norwegian company Yara, as well as BASF and Borealis, have announced curtailments as a result of expensive gas. Fertilizer production in the region has dropped as much as 40% as a result of tight supplies. Natural gas can account for up to 85% of the production cost of ammonia, a key ingredient in many fertilizers. A further wrinkle is that those factories produce carbon dioxide as a byproduct. The gas is crucial for the food industry. It is used to carbonate drinks, keep food fresh, and to stun chickens and pigs before slaughtering. Last month, the situation looked dire enough that the UK government stepped in to subsidize fertilizer manufacturer CF Industries, which had to shut some of its operations to make sure food supplies weren't threatened. The effect on food might not end there. High natural gas prices already have made nitrogen-based fertilizers more expensive. Both ammonia and urea prices in the U.S. roughly tripled compared with a year earlier. Adding to the rally, China, one of the largest fertilizer exporters, is said to be imposing curbs on shipments. If high prices persist, more farmers are likely to opt next year for planting soybeans, which require less fertilizer, according to Mark Malone. If high prices persist, more farmers are likely to opt next year for planting soybeans, which require less fertilizer. Roughly 3 million acres of U.S. corn out of around 90 million in total could switch to soybeans next year, according to estimates from the S&P Global Platts. Other crops that are sensitive to fertilizer price swings include wheat, oats, and barley. Corn futures for next harvest season have already risen 4.2% in the past month. High fertilizer prices would have ripple effects. Anything that makes corn expensive could show up in the prices of pantry staples such as cereal and cooking oil, not to mention meat because corn is the main ingredient in livestock feed. Moreover, it could increase prices at the pump if it raises ethanol prices. Most gasoline sold in the U.S. today contains some ethanol as a result of renewable fuel standards regulations. In Europe, further curtailments of fertilizer plants would also impact the supplies of an exhaust fluid known as AdBlue that is used to help neutralize diesel emissions. Demand destruction from high prices is necessary to balance the market, but these cascading effects illustrate that there may be less room to curb natural gas consumption than one might think without causing substantial disruption to households' essential needs. Industrial demand for natural gas seems disposable until it starts affecting food supplies, it is also a reminder of just how inextricably the world's industries, even those that help curb emissions, are still tied to fossil fuels. This winter's big chill could be felt far, long, and wide. This article helps illustrate just how closely different industries are tied to each other. 
With rising energy costs, it's a no-brainer that heating costs for the winter will go up for households. But the fact that because fertilizer companies are dealing with higher energy costs means the CO2 market is adversely affected, and we may be paying more for a can of Diet Coke or LaCroix next year is eye-opening. With the continued supply chain issues affecting pretty much everything, expect the resulting inflation to be around a little longer than was previously expected. This week's third headline is a retreat from globalization. COVID-19, climate, and geopolitics shatter integrated global production, threatening to end an era of low costs and endless variety. Nothing embodied the promise of globalization more than the humble supply chain. Thanks to the integration of production across and within borders, consumers have come to expect infinite variety instantly available. That is now under siege. The supply chain crisis of 2021 is fueling the retreat from globalization, much as the global financial crisis of 2008 did. Three big factors are driving the latest crisis, COVID-19, climate, and geopolitics. All have played a part in the semiconductor shortage that has crippled automotive production worldwide. COVID-19-driven demand for consumer electronics diverted chips from car makers, and virus control measures interrupted production in Malaysia. Extreme weather idled chip factories in Texas and threatened to do the same in Taiwan. And U.S. tariffs and export bans ran down chip inventories in the U.S. while prompting hoarding by Chinese buyers. Those forces also contributed to Britain's energy crisis. COVID-19 and Brexit reduced the number of truckers available to deliver fuel while a lack of wind reduced renewable power at a time when natural gas reserves were low. China's economy has been tripped up by shutdowns intended to stamp out all COVID-19 outbreaks or meet carbon reduction goals. And coal shortages were aggravated by a punitive ban on imports from Australia for demanding an inquiry into COVID-19's origins. Two decades ago, investors and bankers took for granted that credit would always be available at some price and built entire businesses around that premise. The result was a tightly interconnected financial system with no margin for error that seized up in the face of a shock. Similarly, the supply chain crisis was made possible by how integrated and efficient global production had become. Businesses adopted outsourcing and offshoring just-in-time inventories and capital light models that split design from production. The share of world trade accounted for by global value chains in which a product crosses at least two borders rose from 37% in 1970 to 52% in 2008, where it plateaued. Today, companies and governments are waking up to the risks of dependence on far-flung suppliers and the absence of shock absorbers in vital links from seaborne freight to electricity transmission. For example, there are more than 50 points in the global semiconductor supply chain where one region holds more than 65% of the global market share. These are potential single points of failure that could be disrupted by natural disasters, infrastructure shutdowns, or international conflicts. COVID-19 is the biggest shock to this system, shutting down production, closing borders, and driving workers out of the labor force. A mutating virus, resistance to vaccine mandates, and China's zero COVID-19 policy all mean COVID-19 remains a threat to the supply chain, but it should recede as natural immunity and vaccinations reduce the virus's lethality and governments outside China conclude restrictions and border closures are too costly a response to outbreaks. Climate risks are likely to grow because of both more frequent extreme weather and the transition to renewable energy, which lacks the capacity buffers of fossil fuels. 
The oil market is global. Supply in one place can meet demand in another. While oil's price can gyrate, supply almost never disappears thanks to spare OPEC capacity, private inventories, and government-maintained emergency reserves. Though less mobile than oil, natural gas can still be stored and increasingly exported in liquid form. By contrast, solar and wind energy are generally consumed as they are generated and can disappear altogether if wind and sun are absent. No clean energy OPEC currently holds spare renewable energy capacity in reserve. This can only be solved through investment in transmission and battery storage, which lags far behind investment in generation. Something has to change quickly or global energy markets face a turbulent period ahead. Not all the pressures on supply chains are against globalization. Technology continues to increase the potential to outsource, especially in services. Nonetheless, companies are likely to revisit practices they once took for granted, such as holding minimal inventories and sourcing key components from politically risky places. In a report last week, Bank of America equity strategists found companies in the S&P 500 index had 2% more manufacturing locations in the U.S. in 2000 compared with 2018, but 5% fewer in Asia. Just as the financial crisis drove banks and regulators to prioritize resilience over efficiency, the supply chain crisis will likely result in production networks more resilient to surprises, but less able to delay consumers with ever more choice and at ever lower cost. It's no secret that COVID-19 has changed many aspects of our lives. There is now evidence that it is also changing the way the world economy functions. Time will tell if these changes are temporary or here to stay. This week's financial planning topic is running your own race. It seems in the 21st century, it is harder and harder to keep your eyes on your own paper and focus on your own goals and dreams instead of joining the rat race to keep up with the Joneses. With Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms giving us a glimpse into everyone's lives, it can be extremely hard not to compare how you're doing financially to others. It's incredibly easy to get sidetracked from your own financial goals when you are trying to compare what you're doing with what it looks like everyone else is doing. Try to avoid asking how others afforded a new car or went on that fancy vacation. Remember, people only put their best version of their lives on the internet. This is where the mantra of run your own race can help keep you on track. Whether it's tracking your monthly savings goals, your net worth growth over time, or checking in on your retirement plan balance, remember to only compare your current financial position with your previous self, since that is the only metric that counts. Treat your retirement planning as a training regiment, like you're training for a marathon. Focus on consistent, repeatable savings, avoid costly mistakes like high fees, and be diligent about tracking your success towards your stated goals. If you and your life savings are being ignored or feeling taken advantage of, come join our family. We're a family-owned financial planning and investment advisory firm who promise to treat you just like family. No products, no hard sell, no gimmicks, just honest advice based on our four decades of experience. If you have any questions on this week's episode or are interested in getting an unbiased opinion on your finances, please give us a call at 440-235-2100 or shoot me an email at cameron at michaelbradyco.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Mm-hmm.